Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show, Football Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. I'm happy to be here for another week talking some New Hampshire high school football. Joining me once again, Mike Lockman, a longtime football coach in the state of New Hampshire, most recently as the head coach at Sauhegan. Mike, thanks once again for uh, stepping in. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, wanted to remind everyone, uh, we are recording the shows normally on Tuesdays at 6. Uh, this week we... we Got a little curveball thrown at us. It's uh, a Monday, although most of you will be listening to this a couple days later. Uh, we are at Riverside Barbecue in Nashua. Uh, and before I forget, too, uh, we got have another schedule change coming up. Uh, we'll be taking next week off because I decided to take a vacation uh, right at the end of football season. Which is well-earned, but maybe not the brightest Not the thing greatest timing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not the greatest timing on my part. But while you guys are all enjoying the last week of high school football, I'll be down in... Uh, New Orleans listening to some pretty good music and enjoying uh, Halloween probably in the French Quarter. That's uh, not a bad deal either. Yeah, hopefully I survive. Yeah. Um, uh, but again, you can be a part of this show by emailing us at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or you can come on down uh, not until November uh, 7th, I believe, is the next time we'll be, we'll be down here at Riverside. Listen to us live. Uh, the show is, is available every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Well, uh, here we are heading into week nine of the regular season. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, you and I were just talking a little before we started here that for the most part, Division One is wrapped up. Uh, we know like what's going to happen there. Uh, Division Three, I think, is pretty much the same. It's kind of looks a little top heavy. Uh, we know pretty much who the top four teams are going to be. Yeah. Division Two. Um, it's a cl it's a cluster. Pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, and it got even more interesting over the weekend. I think with especially with the outcome of um, two games. Really, you had Plim uh, excuse me Pelham um, surprising Hollisbrook line six nothing on Friday night yeah. on a uh, a kickoff or excuse me a punt return touchdown by uh, Charlie. I believe it's Kate Katan. I think mm. that's how you say it or Katen. I think so. Yeah. Um, who <laughs> you know? I, I he's just a sophomore. Um, I know from following a lot of lacrosse, he as a freshman this past spring, he was um, a, really a standout for the Pelham lacrosse team. And I think he's going to end up being a guy that we're talking a lot about over the next couple of years in both sports. Uh, just looks like a, a tremendous athlete. Uh, but the third game in a row, Pelham's pitched a shutout here. Yeah. Um, and against a team that was scoring, what, 40, 50 points a game heading in. Yeah. Just remarkable. Uh, and then... The other game, uh, John Stark beating Bo seven to six, really kind of turns the playoffs a little bit on its head. Uh, and and to be fair, I think either either team winning that game kind of does that. Yeah. Um, ju just really made some things interesting going into this last week. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, <clears throat> to start with, uh, Pelham's resurgence, surgence. I mean, certainly they were a, a, a power. Uh, going back several years, but um, have been down a little bit lately. I mean, three in a row. Uh, I, I've seen them live once. Um, I thought they were they were pretty good in the game that I saw them in. Um, they played well against Hillsborough Deering. Certainly had some athletes. I saw them make some some really good plays offensively that were impressive. But you had seen them. Uh, I two saw weeks them the week after Conval. you did. Yeah, against yeah. Conval and. and the mention you had made to me, which is one of the things where I said, boy, that's surprising, but maybe not as you had said, and I quote, you know, boy, you know, they really did play great pass defense. 
And when you said that, I kind of thought about Hollis Brookline and their their whole identity is a passing offense. I mean, yeah. I, they're, they're not particularly interested in anything associated with handing the ball off. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh-huh. you know, it did make me wonder a little bit, hey, if they're able to get after young Sander Wimmer um, and pressure him a little bit and they're able to play good coverage in the in the in the defensive backfield, could they actually pull this off, especially being on the roll that they're on and it? Seems like it was the case. I mean, a defensive struggle that was decided by a, a special teams play. Yeah, just, I mean, <coughs> they look like they, most of their experience, I feel like, is on the defensive side of the football. Um, they look like a very young team on offense that's maybe a year away from being able to, you know, put some things together. Um, you know, you just said they had a special teams touchdown last week. The week before, they scored 12 points in that 12 nothing win over Conval. Um, you know, so not a, a ton of offense happening there. Um, but, man, that, the, that defense, um, holding those two teams that have had been putting up points on people to nothing two weeks in a row, I mean, that's eye-opening if your eyes weren't already open. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and now this is a team that, you know, if the playoffs started today, is in as the eighth seed. And, you know, with a game against Manchester West, uh, you know, all due respect to West, it's a, a really good shot for Pelham to finish five and three, and it, and if that's the case, you, you got to think they're going to be in. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I know West has had a, a tough season this year, certainly an improved season. I mean, the only thing that Pelham I would think needs to be careful about coming into this week, if they want to have a chance at punching that ticket, which would be an amazing story, um, is again, you think about Conval and Hollis and their offensive identities. Um, West is very different. <laughs> West very will much get, different. Yeah, yeah, West will get in an unbalanced look and pound the ball, and uh, very much like what um, Campbell does in Division yep, Three. Yeah, single wing offense. Same thing. Which they explained to me at West that they're running it a lot tighter than what Campbell does. Campbell, they they actually called Campbell a spread single wing offense. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can, if you can picture that. Yes. Um, West, it's it's um, you know again you don't know who's getting the ball yeah. most times. Um, it's very run heavy, although they've tried to throw the ball, I think, a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, it's it, it, there's a couple of games. That definitely is one of them. Of course, we also have a de facto playoff game with Sauhegan playing at Hollis Brookline on yep. Saturday. Um, you know, the winner of that game, uh, you know, you got to think it's 6-2, and two, has a playoff spot locked up, and the loser at 5-3, and three, especially if it's Hollis, you know, that that's – going to be a tough be you know to be able to get in especially considering you've potentially got you know Bo at, at six and two or five and three uh on the other side you got john stark at six and two that yeah. that's also you know um looking at you know being a playoff team who so Hegan has the tiebreaker right over. right tiebreaker and they get points from any you any know any that wins that john stark is getting yep um you know and that's what makes the win for pelham over hollis pretty big too is if hollis goes and wins this week they get points from that game. Right. Um, you know, so it, it's uh, basically yeah. the only thing we know is that Plymouth, Hanover, uh, Wyndham, and St. Thomas are going to be in the playoffs when they start. Yeah. And and realistically, those are the cream of the crop in Division Two. I would say. I, I haven't seen Hanover, um, but I've, I've seen something from each of those other teams, and, and they're good. Um, the Hollis-Sauhegan game is huge this weekend for all the reasons you just listed. But, you know, if you go back to – 2010, 2011, it's actually been a pretty good series between these two teams. There was a playoff game in 2010, which was Hollis's first playoff game in program history. There was a much tighter game than than I think might have been predicted. Um, 
And, and then it's been back and forth since then. Sauhegan won in 2011. I'm sorry, uh, Hollis Brookline won in 2011. Was, that game was, was not as close. No. That was, a, I believe, a 35-0 game that yeah. was just like watching a game in the Twilight Zone you know, if you know your your New Hampshire high school football history, right? Because um, I remember being at that game and just not that I didn't expect that um, at that Hollis point in that really year. Yeah, that Hollis year. had it, yeah. and and Sauhegan was not necessarily down, but figuring some things out at that yep. point. Um, but yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. been back and forth since then. Sauhegan won in twelve, uh, lost in thirteen, won in fourteen, won in fifteen, lost last year. So. It's been a really good back and forth local battle. Um, I think that there's sort of a um, uh, an up and coming rivalry there, right? It's hard to say that because Sauhegan has some some established rivalries with Milford and Plymouth, who's been on the other side of the the deal lately. But um, with the implications this weekend and and uh, and that sort of newfound rivalry, a back and forth one, um, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah and and with the point system working the way it does it's hard you know i haven't had a chance to sit down and and, and crunch the numbers and all that um hopefully later this week we'll have a little bit more in terms of you know what's going on uh you know who needs to do what in order to get in but it looks like really there's nine teams for eight playoff spots um you know over in division one though it's it's pretty much i mean it's nine teams for eight playoff spots but seven of those teams have already you know locked up uh what they're doing yeah the only game this weekend that really has a ton of uh, playoff implications is that Central at Bedford game Friday night. Yeah. Which um, is that in essence a playoff game? It's a playoff game. Yeah. The winner of that game gets in, and um, the loser, you know, loser goes home. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's Central, they at least have a game to get ready for on Thanksgiving. If it's uh, if it's Bedford, then yeah, um, you know, we'll see in see in 2018. It's funny too because that's one of those things where I mean, both of those teams are quality teams they've had quality wins this season both of them they you know they've struggled in different phases each of them I think you know we've been critical of um, Central's early defensive struggles um, but they've sort of turned that around a little bit and and Bedford has taken some key injuries and had to deal with that especially to to, um, Connor Robert I mean that's he was in essence, right, probably yeah. the best quarterback. I mean, I, I suppose one of, at least one of a handful argument, of, of, of the best quarterbacks yeah. in the state. Yeah, and you lose him. So both of those teams have had their their struggles. They both have some interesting, you know, interesting storylines for both of those programs. It's kind of fun that it comes down to this game last season. Who's going to move forward? Um, Central wasn't in the playoffs last year. If I'm Central not hasn't been actually hasn't been to the playoffs since the 2013 season when. Yeah this same thing set up they had to go to bedford the last week of the season that's right and knocked out a team a bedford team that had started i want to say like six and oh yeah um and then ended up finishing both they both finished seven and two yeah central got that um tiebreaker an interesting thing there because as um if anyone remembers from earlier in the season i did that piece on teams that start zero and two and 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 make and make the playoffs central was that team in 2013 and teams that start two and zero or better and make th- Bedford was a, you Bedford. know one of the few teams that started two and zero and missed out on the playoffs yeah. uh, in that year, which I'm sure they're glad I'm I'm bringing that. Yes, up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know Central's got um, you know they, they Hockham has played well for them this year. Yeah, and um, he's uh, he's a junior, so he is that you know, right? Be, yeah, I thought for yeah. sure he no, was a senior. No, he's a junior. He should be back next year. And Rivera he's has run the ball yeah, well, yeah. but he caught. 
Couple they, touchdown yeah, passes he's been, last you know, they've been able to, to use him as a receiver out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, you know, they, there's just so many guys over there that they throw the ball to. It's hard, kind of hard to keep track of all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tough to game plan for. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that one rolls together. Um, you know, the other other big game, I would say, label it as a big game because it's a bit of a rivalry, but you've got Salem at Londonderry uh, on Friday as well, um, which, you know, if had things gone a little bit differently last week, um, you know, that game could have been potentially for the number one seed in that cluster. Uh, but with, with South kind of really handing it, handing, handing it to Londonderry. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, in that, a way, that, that, that was a bit of a surprise game this past week. I mean, not not that South won, because I think South has really been on a roll since um, since that 0-2 start. By the way, speaking of yep. that 0-2 <laughs> uh, um, analysis that you did, but, um, you know, Londonderry has played so well through the middle of the season in all phases that I, I expected that one to be sort of a, a, a battle of the Titans. And, I did uh, too, yeah. Yeah. And I think most people probably did, and, and uh, it there turns w- out. There were a few instances where... It could have, you know, South got out to, I believe, a fifteen nothing lead. They went for for two on their second uh, touchdown and got it. And I want to say that Londonderry came back and had a drive that, you know, took up a lot of time, went the length of the field. They got down to the three yard line and ended up getting stopped on fourth down. You know, if they score there, it's at worst fifteen to six. You're kicking off and hoping that you can get a stop and to get the ball back. You know, score again. And instead, they get nothing, and South goes on a 97-yard drive and scores. Yeah. So instead of being a one-score game, it's now a three-score game. You've run off now, you yeah. know, another five, six minutes off the clock. Uh, and then what, what really just was the, the dagger was um, South scored two more touchdowns in the last three minutes of the first half. You know, they, yeah. they scored – which – I think this is when you can tell that the, that that South's offense is running the way they want it to, is that they can do something like that. Um, you know, it's been a couple of years. I think that they've been that efficient and that fast of an offense, yeah. um, which may sound kind of funny considering they're you know running a spread and they're yeah. doing all the the hand signals from the sidelines and all that. Um, but when they're when I'm having a hard time taking pictures and keeping notes, yeah. then I know their offense is, is going pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So slow down, guys. I don't. Yeah. I'm not that fast. <laughs> I'm sure Coach Knight appreciates <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Tempo um, the other way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fast-moving offenses, um, I think I think we it, we would be wrong not to mention Alvern getting a victory over BG. BG traditionally a very fast-moving. Right. Um, yeah. High, high scoring, potent type of offense. Um, Alvern, you've got to be proud of that. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time Alvern beat BG, and that's yeah, even going back I, to when um, BG was in the old Division Two, and Alvern and BG had 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 a bit of a local. I rivalry would I would have guessed that 2014 would have been when they were both the f- that five four and five year where everybody got in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I think BG beat them twice. They beat them in the regular season and and then in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the case. W- I mean, I'm not sure they've could ever beaten. I was gonna s- just say, is it possible that's the first time that Alvarez ever beaten yeah. BG? Um, you know, and, and you know that at, at what two and six this year. I mean, that's it's got to be a good step or a building block for that program. I would yeah. think to to get um, you know a couple of wins this year. Uh, I believe it's actually been since that 2014 season that they've had more than one. Yeah. In a year and. Um, 
and they should yeah. feel proud. It's a first-year coach there, so that's a step in the right direction for them. I mean, that's that's something you can be proud of. Yeah. Uh, BG, of course, finishes out this year with a, a another rivalry game against Nashua South Friday night. Um, you know, just a, a what's really been an unfortunate and rough season for them. I know they've dealt with some injuries over there, some other issues going on, low numbers, a lot of young kids on that team. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, you know, we talked about him. I know at, at the beginning of the year, but Sam Rates, I think, been one of the better quarterbacks in Absolutely. the division the last two years, and yeah. you know, hopefully, he's got some stuff lined up for next year. gets gets a chance to go on and play somewhere else in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah that should be a good game because, as we've talked about through the course of this season, um, these rivalry games, it, it, you know, it, it, in high school. I mean, in college, you, even it's kind of true, but in high school, it's like it's really like anything can happen. There's so much dependent upon the emotional level of the kids in those games that the rivalry games have that extra something to them where it seems like kids just come out and do things that they might not otherwise have done. And um, so you never know. That might be a really that might be a really good game, despite the records um, to go check out, especially if South is kind of thinking. I, I, I think mean, they've got everything wrapped right, up, yeah. Right, you know, I mean, in spite of what the coaches, I'm sure, are preaching over there, I mean, but kids are kids are kids at that age. Yeah. Players are players, you know, and if boy, if they come in flat and BG's fired up to try to go out on a good note, could be a really good game. Uh, you had mentioned uh, to me earlier you were at that Merrimack Timberlane game. Yeah. Um, they had a nice little what, ceremony before the game to honor the what 1987 Merrimack championship team. Yeah. Yeah, um, just yeah. What was that? That was must it have been. It was really pretty, cool. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I think a good portion of the of the team uh, were represented there, and they they listed off the whole roster. Um, I think what struck me, and you know, usually we have a pretty light tone here, but was the number of people on that roster, uh, young men who were no longer with us. Oh. Um, the the PA announcer yeah. made a note. Uh, you know, Jay Schmidt, who was a guy that I played with, uh, tragically passed away. Uh, there was a guy who the Telegraph had done an article on uh, s several years ago that was um, suffering from a muscular degenerative disease who had since passed away. So, you know, so it was a little bittersweet to hear yeah. a number of names where there were players who were not able to come because they were no longer with us. But it was a it was a, a fun atmosphere. Uh, they had sort of a nice area set up for those people, and and they had coaches there as well from the team. Um, uh, you know, so they had a, they had a kind of a little area set up for those guys to watch the game and hang out together and reconnect, and uh, and it was a pretty good football game to boot. You know, uh, um, the Merrimack defense played really good. Timberlane has a really talented tailback. Um, God, I had tweeted his name a couple times on Friday night. I know who you're talking about, and I have no idea how to pronounce his name. It's a little. Yeah, it's a tough one to pronounce. Um, yeah, and I, I can't I, it starts with an yeah, F. So yeah. I apologize to the young man, yeah. but he was he was. Uh, he was pretty tough for them to contain, but they did a pretty good job, and, and um, it, it really ended up being kind of a defensive slugfest where I think Merrimack, you know, M Merrimack, when they had um, Ben Eichmann at quarterback, he had a couple of big plays where he was able to scramble and use his legs to pick up some first downs, and they had, you know, one long pass that maybe had been caught for a 25-yard gain if it had been down right there, and the kid went the remaining, you know, 30 yards some odd to the end zone and that was the mm -hmm. difference yeah it was a scramble by Eichmann and a long pass to um and they had three turnovers Merrimack had three interceptions that I think didn't that didn't help Timberland's cause uh, it should be interesting I think to see what they end up doing with that offense next year obviously using losing Joe Eichmann uh will be a big uh big hole to fill um 
the younger Eichmann, Ben Eichmann, you just mentioned, uh, you know, he's back. He sh- he's shown this year that he can do a number of different things. Yep. He can play that quarterback position. Yeah, maybe not, you know, maybe not as um, steady a passer as, as some of the other quarterbacks that they've had, yeah. um, or I shouldn't say other quarterbacks, yeah. just as J- Justin Gersini was a couple right, last year right, yeah. and, and Ryan Devana this year. Devana's pretty good, yeah. Um, you know, is he a, does he fill that quarterback position? Is he more of a running back for them like Joe is? Is he more of a slot guy? Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. They, of course, finish up the season with uh, Pinkerton at home. Yeah. Um, and what could be interesting for a little while, but I have a f- I would guess that Pinkerton ends up uh, really pulling away uh, first half, maybe early in the second half there. I, th- I think so. I think Merrimack's defense has played really well the last couple games, and, and, and um, unfortunately I think some of the youth on offense and stuff, they just haven't been able to keep up. Um, but I, I, I just I look at the weapons that Pinkerton is equipped with. Uh, Ty Hicks. Terrell Hicks, Terrell yeah. Hicks. yeah. Um, the, the, I keep wanting to say Ralph Fast. No, Gannon, guy, Gannon, Gannon Fast, Fast yeah. I still yeah. see Ralph Fast every time my eyes <laughs> close. I can see number nine running me over. Um, uh, they, they just have so many weapons, and they're very sound defensively that I, I just don't, I don't think you're going to see a surprise in that game. Again, Merrimack's defense has really improved over the last three weeks, but tough keeping track of all those guys. So since we won't be here next Tuesday, um, we kind of know what the playoff field looks like in Division One. Any thoughts on, you know, who? I mean, is it still? We I think we talked at the beginning of the year, Salem, Nashua South, um, Exeter, and Bedford is kind of being the four that we thought were, you know, maybe the teams to beat. Obviously, Salem and South are, are winning their conference. Exeter's in. Bedford's got work to do. Uh, you, you know, Goffstown is is a conference winner. When I kind of won their conference, um, you know, what do what do you think is or, or who looks like maybe the team that might be in that you know be be the one last man standing, last one standing uh, at UNH. Uh, I I get really torn between the two obvious, which are Winnicott and Salem. Winnicott has been such a a team oriented winner this year meaning you don't you don't sit and talk about a Josh Sabanda when you're talking about Winnicott they they're they're very balanced in terms of how they get things done their defense is lights out really good but again you don't really you don't talk about a defensive superstar on Winnicott they just play great yeah, right, team defense right. they're really well coached and very physical um, and then you look at Salem who I think is similar but they've got some names <laughs> you know um and you, you mentioned Sabanda, and he to me is the X factor. Maybe when you li- if if you know you're lining up those two teams, um, both very good, very skilled teams, and then you throw him in because he is a th- he's a home run hitter every time you you give him the ball. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't know if I don't I, I mean Sabanda. Yeah. I, yeah. And I don't think Winnicott has has that. No. Although what you what you do look at is you look at the the Sabanda versus the Winnicott defense matchup. And you think about all the things that the Winnicott defense has been able to shut down this year, really good teams with really good offenses, and you say that's that's the matchup that right. you'd be interested in seeing is what's their plan for containing him? Do, do they you know do they try to limit him to certain things, and then can he take advantage of 
that situation or, or what. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's early to be saying. I know. That, yeah, but, we're gonna. But, I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of people at South and Pinkerton yeah. and Goffstown <laughs> yeah. that are or that are wondering. Right yeah, now. what what's yeah turn, turning that off right now? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but I, you know, I, I would definitely, um, you know, the way South has been playing. Um, Pinkerton is a different team than they were, you know, uh, when they played Salem earlier in the year. Um, you know, Goffstown, I think, same thing too. When they, they that almost feel like that Winnicott game was a bit of an, an aberration for them just yeah. because of, you know, circumstance, you know, rainy day, yeah, bad field. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so it's definitely, there's no one, you know, it's not like you look at Division Three and there's Campbell and Monadnock that are just. Yeah dominant um division one's unbelievable i mean uh, we, we the two teams we talked about i think are maybe not head and shoulders but probably shoulders above the rest <laughs> um but all those other teams are are, are equally really good you right know, you could see you know uh, pinkerton getting knocked off by i mean depending on how the bracketing works an exeter or, or, or you know any one of those teams could knock the other off um and and quite frankly any one of those teams has the capability of knocking off a Winnicunit or um, a Salem. So that's a – to some of the traffic that was going on this week on Twitter and stuff, it kind of makes you – it hurts a little bit that you can only pick one game to go to in round yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. played at the same time. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll hold out hope that they uh, they can get that South Pinkerton game on, a, on Friday night uh, next week. And that uh, at least some of us will be able to go to two games yep. Friday and Saturday. Why they don't do that to begin with, um, yeah. yeah, who knows? But I mean, there's there's a lot of things we could say that about. Yep. Um, you know, we just kind of mentioned it a little bit there. D three haven't really talked about them. Um, of course, we had another huge game over the weekend with Newport uh, going to Monadnock, coming yep. up short against the Huskies. So you've got you know Monadnock seven and zero and Newport six and one in the north, and then. In the south, you got Campbell at seven and zero, and Summersworth at six and one. You know, I did see a couple people tweeting about you know, oh, Campbell Monadnock final, Campbell, yeah. Monad you know, and then I've I've heard a couple coaches say it that you know, oh, Campbell's dominating, Monadnock's dominating, uh, and then I saw someone kind of reply to all that and say, um, you guys have been wrong about this yeah. before. You what know, about you Campbell a couple of years? You know, ago. you look at Campbell beating uh, Bo and then Newport a couple of years ago. Yeah. Stevens beating Monadnock last year. In a, in a um, classic of the game. I believe two years ago, Winnesquam was undefeated, and Interlakes went in there in the semifinals and upset them. Of course, ended up losing in the final to Newport. Yeah. Um, you know, the very first year of this setup, you know, Pelham in D3 is undefeated. Bo goes in there, knocks them off. Um, and then goes on and wins a championship. So really, D three has been about upsets, yep. um, you know, in the playoffs. Yep. However, I don't. <laughs> We've never seen this kind of domination. I know, I know. It's yeah. it's. I mean, you're looking at, you know, and it's not just Campbell. Summersworth too, Newport too. They they've been, you know, the, those four have been blowing out playoff teams. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's it's tough to to look at it and think that there. I mean, there could be, but it's. Yeah, you know, it seems a little bit more yeah. certain. I think it, you know a lot will depend on our Monadnock and Campbell and Newport and Summers. Are they able to head into late into the playoffs healthy and fresh? You know, again, we've talked a lot about Division Three. Sometimes they've got they're working with thirty kids as opposed to 60, 70 kids that you see in Division One and some of the bigger Division Two teams. So 
you know, even even if you're not injured, but if you're banged up or your 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 legs are tired, right? I mean, it's it's that time of the season where your depth really can come into play um, when you're a smaller school. So, but it, it seems on paper, it just it seems pretty obvious. Yeah. But uh, again, that's that has proven to be meaningless several years in a row now. So, should make that Division Three um, playoff season. Uh, a very very good one and an entertaining one to watch you know and and there's a couple of uh you know as we mentioned those four teams are most like are in the playoffs uh Manadnock, newport campbell summersworth they're going to be the top four seeds uh there's you know stevens looks like it's in at five and th- or uh yeah five and two uh epping is at five and two they look like they're in but there's still a couple of games that are going to determine you know who else gets in bishop brady at four and three is in a playoff spot right now they have to go play Summersworth mm-hmm. um, to end the season. Definitely not an easy task. Nope. And then you've got uh, Kearsarge has to play Interlakes. Uh, you know, Kearsarge at four and three, Interlakes at three and four. You know, that's a game that that is essentially a playoff game. The winner of that game is probably going to get in, and the loser isn't. Yeah. Um, so still a little bit to be decided there, um, and especially you know in terms of seating uh, in that lower uh, half of the bracket. Yeah. Uh, should be interesting, and that seeding matters if you if you really do believe that Campbell and Manadnock are that dominant. I mean, you don't want to come in the bottom seed and have to you know have to go to one of their places and and deal with that. You know, so I'm sure that there's a lot of teams that are taking that really seriously. I can imagine you know teams like you know maybe Summersworth is looking at it like man, we really want to finish the opposite side of what Campbell's on, knowing what, you know, or maybe they want to get Campbell again in the semifinal. I don't know. Yeah. But I would think, you know, you you, you kind of, not that anybody wants to lose a game, but you keep in mind of where it might end up putting you if you, you know, wh- what goes on this weekend. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that maybe covers everything, or we just about covered everything I as much so. as we could this week. Yeah, I think um, so. Of course, like I said, I will be gone this weekend but that does not mean that we won't have football games covered for you uh the uh hard-working crew that i've for- been fortunate enough to have helping me out this season will be out in force this weekend covering uh, a handful of games uh we'll have manchester central and bedford covered friday night along with salem and londonderry nashua south and bishop girton uh so make sure you check out the results from those games saturday morning and then on Saturday, a couple of D2 games that are, have huge imp- playoff implications. Uh, Hanover at John Stark and Sauhegan at Hollis Brookline. Uh, again, you know, plenty of stuff going on this weekend, plenty of stuff going on on the site. We've got a few features in the works that will be going up over the course of the next week. Uh, one that uh, was able to work, you know, talk to a couple guys today over at Nashua South. A um, pair of brothers, the Bierens. Uh, I know some people remember Johnny Bieren that was a uh, lineman at South, probably been going back, oh, I want to say about five years. Uh, he's come back now to coach, mm-hmm. and among the players that he's coaching is his younger brother, Jarrett. Uh, I bet Jarrett loves that. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to what they told me, it was actually he gave the final blessing that, oh. that, that convinced Johnny to come back and coach. So That's cool. Or to, to come back to the program. Yep. So we'll, that'll be up next week, along with a few other things. Of course, uh you know, other playoff uh, action going on over the next couple weeks. We'll have results from all that up on the website. Uh, please check it out. Uh, also, we'll be, uh, you'll be able to start ordering the 2017 
uh, football yearbooks coming up this this week. Uh, those of you that are listening to this now, you'll be able to go to the website. There should be a link at the uh, top of the page that says football yearbook. You click on that. You want to do that now because uh, right now you can get them at a discounted price, only $39. Uh, after November 6th, that goes up to 59 So you want to make sure you do that, that soon. Uh, get all of our football coverage from the year in a magazine that uh, you know you can keep and put in with your other scrapbooks and memories and mementos from football seasons. And if uh, it was like your prospectus that you did at the beginning of the year, it's a really nice product. I mean, I, I got that and um, still use it, even though some of the schedule <laughs> stuff has changed. Yeah, the, still the schedule's a It's disaster. a lot easier than going to the NHIA website and trying to figure things out, and <laughs> it's, it's good. Uh, thank you. We appreciate the, that. And yeah. No problem. Uh, for Mike, thanks again for, for joining me. We'll see you again in uh, two weeks. Uh, if I survive. Uh, but for uh, Coach Lockman, this is Joe Marcellina. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>